Welcome to another episode of Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry, the podcast that recounts the scandals that America forgot. I'm your co-host, Casey Howe. And I'm your other co-host, Mark Pikert. Welcome, everybody. Oh, my gosh. It's the podcast that gradually becomes somewhat professional. That's the podcast. Uh, you know what? Slowly it took us 20, 22 episodes and several months. Uh, and you know Mark, what? don't say that. You have this labeled as episode 24. What happened to episode 23? Episode 23 was our first episode <laughs> using this platform, oh, okay, so we're okay. already professional. <laughs> I did the math. I also did not remember until literally one second before we started recording that I needed to crank up the light on my computer so that I have good lighting. Oh. <laughs> which is why okay. I look so glowing and... You look excellent. Oh, so white. It's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful tone. It's a wonderful tone. Uh, Casey, we haven't recorded in a while for no real reason other than no. I was on vacation. True. We're then doing I was on vacation. That, and then you were and on then, vacation. And yeah. then we're doing our stupid fucking miniseries about <laughs> impeachment. Boy, you know, the next time we decide to do that, we should really vet that first. Like someone should watch an episode or two before we dive into that. But... I mean, I the know. truth, we we have to tell the truth. We have to be the people saying what everyone else is thinking. That's true. That's a good point. We will not be but, here sitting uh, here just be like, it's fine. Uh, no. What is the what is the Twitter saying about this? Are they liking the um the impeachment no. series? No, everybody's nobody's talking about it. About it. Oh, oh, sorry. All the gays are losing their minds for Annalie Ashford as Paula Jones, the same way that mm. they all lost their minds for any like pretty leading lady to play a character. Like Jessica Chastain oh. as Tammy Faye. Got it. Okay. Okay. Got it. So right when they when 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 the women put on special makeup, they're into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. When uh, when a tragic clown is played, <laughs> ooh, Twitter gays eat it up. <laughs> they eat it up with a spoon. Oh, I think doing our mini series is just re-solidifying the fact that we will most likely, unless we run out of scandals, that we are not talking about that one. It's such a non-scandal. Like watching it's, this is just reminding me how much of a non-scandal scandal this was. Like you know what I would have. I mean, God, we just talked about anyway, this. Anyway, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. This but is how angry do, we are about it. <laughs> I do want to say I wish that we had had a really weird series that posits Ken Starr as the hero of his journey of the narrative <laughs> where you see him like he's doing this and he's the hero and he's going to save the country and everyone else oh is God, evil. Yes. And then you just slowly reveal like exactly what he's trying to accomplish and how right. he's trying to accomplish it. And you're like, there's right. no, they're there. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. anyway, we have, we have two new things, but yes. But how was your vacation? What is new? Well, you know, vacation was great. It was just me laying out on the beach in a succession of extremely small swimsuits. Excellent. Uh, getting a tan slash a burn and uh, reading R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike novels. Oh, that's fun. I love it. Yep. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a marvelous vacation. Marvelous. How was your vacation? It was delightful. It was just full of me sitting by a pool um, reading sometimes, sometimes staring into oblivion and having uh, people come by with cocktails and then going to dinner and, um, 
I got to go to the Italian American club again, my favorite place. There was a show. It was great. And then um, I proceeded the, I followed up the next night by going to dinner and being in bed in robe happily by 10 o'clock. It's delightful. Delightful. Watched an interesting um, like PBS thing about Muhammad Ali, actually. It was like a three-part series. Didn't know that when we started watching it. Just sort of came upon us that this was not the whole story. And um, oh my gosh, but I love a good PBS Ken Burns thing. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's my happy place. It's my happy place. So yeah. that was kind of that fun. Is your ver- that is your version of R.L. Stein Fear Street novels on the beach. <laughs> yes. So true. So true. Yeah. So yes. And then um, dear listeners, whoever wins the uh, bet on where I took vacation based on that description gets a special piece of whenever we do merch. So go ahead and I don't know, tweet mark that because I don't know. How to <laughs> no, you can leave it in the YouTube comments. Oh, yes. Leave it in the YouTube comments. Where did Casey go? What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Although I did give some maybe, hints, but still. Maybe I'll repurpose this merch this piece of merch that I'm wearing that I've turned inside out <laughs> because the color is great on me, but I don't need to it advertise is. what the shirt is for anymore. You're fine. So You're fine. you know what? A boy on a budget. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Ugh. But I'm very excited that I'm, I, I'm going to sit back and relax today and you get to tell the story and I'm very excited. I'm also very, a little bit concerned about the number of fire trucks that have gone by between this recording and the previous one. Is everything okay outside? Mm-hmm. Have you checked the window? Is it okay? Uh, don't know. It's okay, been okay. all day long. Oh, okay. So this has been like just a daily thing. Not that it's, it's not, yeah. you really can't hear it. It's just me. I'm like, is there something wrong? I mean, that's a lot of fire trucks. So it's like something happening today. Uh, perhaps who can okay. say it's a story. Of, you haven't left I your live... apartment, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> N- no, no, <laughs> why would I? Who would ever leave Grey Gardens? <laughs> oh, so true. Okay, I just wanted to check on that. Just want to make sure. Well, I, I have a scandal today that is <laughs> topical both in terms of what we did on our vacations and also okay. in terms of the season. Oh, okay. Okay. Because when you think of Indian summer, you think of Grace Metallius. Ooh, I don't know this one. I don't know who that is. Oh, you probably don't think of Grace Metallius. So Grace (laughs) Metallius was the woman behind one of the biggest cultural phenomenons in modern publishing history. But she is not the hometown hero that her small town chooses to celebrate. Ooh. Rather than honor the woman who wrote Peyton Place. (sighs) Okay. Her hometown, or the town in which she lived, chose to emphasize their link to H.H. Holmes. Oh. oh, you may better know him as I the devil in him. the White City. I do, I yeah. do know him. The, mm-hmm. the Chicago World's Fair serial killer is mm-hmm. mentioned in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Grace and Peyton Place are very taboo what? to this day. Yes. Why? They just really are latching on to homes and that's it? I think they I... hate her and that book so much. From the moment from before it was published, they were they hated her. And then after it was published, well, we'll get I mean, that's what this episode is about. Wee! Oh my Wee! spoiler alert. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Off we go. That is crazy. No, no, no. We're not going to yes. honor that person. We're going to go with the serial killer. That's us. 
don't forget, don't forget this town in New Hampshire. That's where the serial killer lived. Well, yeah, um, fun fact, place. Not, not while he did his crimes, but still. Anyway. I on. mean, yeah. And if you want Peyton Place, go to Laconia. They <laughs> love that book over there. So before <gasps> Grace Metellius became Cassandra in Blue Jeans, which is how the book's publisher described her to the press, she was just a poor gal out in the world, got married at 18 to George Metellius, had three kids before 30, and spent her days drinking and writing at the house she called It'll Do. <laughs> okay. Love her already. So George is a Greek man, which weirdly has a lot of bearing on the story. <laughs> he is a teacher who eventually becomes principal, but because Grace sneered at the idea of being a faculty wife and because he was a Greek man and because everyone was like, they're kind of poor. And sometimes Grace locks her kids out of her house and makes them go to the neighbors to get lunch because she's got a right. Uh, because of a combination of all of that stuff, sure, the good sure. citizens of Gilmanton, New Hampshire, decided they could only do one thing. Organize protests to get George fired because his wife didn't host parties. I'm not sure the exact what? reasoning behind, like, this man is not appropriate for the principal position. Right, right. What, was, anyway. the, what was the, you know, the positioning on that, the branding on that? Okay, so, TBD. Well, unfortunately, the timing couldn't have been worse because they decided to protest George's new hiring at the same time that Grace has recently finished her novel about small town sins, The Tree and the Blossom. And Ooh. she sent it to an agent who she literally picked out of the phone book. Oh my gosh. And they had corresponded about some other writing she had done. And he was basically, he basically said, if you ever write a novel, send it to me, I'll take a look at it. And mm -hmm. he had represented major clients before he re represented W Somerset mom who wrote of human bondage. So it was, he was a person, but that's how she chose him. At Got that. it. Okay. This is very classic Grace Metallius, by the way. <laughs> So Jacques Chambrum sends it around to publishers, and as it happens, a reader at Lippincott, Leona Nevler, read it and loved it. But her boss wasn't interested. So I love this. I love this side note so much. Leona had a job interview where it was for a marketing position, and she mentioned the tree and the blossom, and mm -hmm. the editor, the president of that company, Kitty Messner said, oh, Leona, why don't you ask, send me a copy. Okay. So Leona gave Kitty Mesner a copy. Kitty read it on August 16th, called Grace's agent August 17th, and said, I have to have it. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. Love it. So fun fact, Leona did not get that job. <laughs> so she gave this woman the like best book she's ever read, and, she, and they're just like, I think we're going to pass. I think we're going to pass. So yeah. what Kitty what Kitty did oh do God. is hired Leona on a freelance basis to be Grace's editor on the book. Okay. But Grace is a pretty fragile first-time writer, and Leona made the mistake of writing comments in the margins of the book rather than discussing them directly. And so Grace dramatically threw her manuscript at her agent after a meeting that Leona thought went fine and said, I won't, I won't publish someone else's baby. Every damn word is mine. 
So they talked her down. They said, Kitty will be your your editor. Leona, you're out. out. Uh, here's here's $1,100 for finding the book. Goodbye. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. And eventually, Leona got a great job in publishing, so she was fine. And her, like, she's mentioned in a lot of the press, in okay. a lot of the recent articles about Peyton Place that are trying to reclaim the book as a feminist masterpiece, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her name is still bandied about in conjunction with okay. Peyton Place. But I had to get the 1980s biography of Grace Metallius to discover the whole story about how she was fired as the uh, editor of the book. Interesting. Okay, I love it. So the book that has Grace Met- that has Kitty Mesner and Leona Nevler, mm-hmm. so excited, has one of the great opening lines in literature. Ooh, okay. Indian summer is like a woman, ripe, hotly passionate, but fickle. She comes and goes as she pleases so that one is never sure whether she will come at all, nor for how long she will stay. Oh, yay! Oh, I like it! Uh, It only gets dirtier from there. (laughs) Okay. So the entire book is kind of the quintessential small town, small town USA has a lot of dirty secrets going on. Okay. And Peyton Place has become a, a synonym for hypocrisy, hypocritical small towns, small-minded neighbors, gossipy uh, Gladys Kravitz's, all of that. Like Peyton Place is just shorthand for get the hell out of there. Got it. Okay. And Grace really uh, didn't look far for her inspirations. Okay. Okay. Here's a classic example. Uh, she named the school principal Thomas Macris. That is the exact name of an employee at the high school who also matched Grace's exact physical description of the fictional character. Oops. Uh, okay. He sued for libel. Yeah. She had to pay him $60,000. Because it was just a plus. Got it. Okay. Okay. And the name got changed for future editions for the movie and for the eventual TV series. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Also, perhaps you're wondering uh, what kind of character this Thomas Macris was in the book. I am, Mark. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thomas Macris was a massively boned man with muscles that seemed to quiver every time he moved. The buttons of his work shirts always seemed about to pop off under the strain of trying to cover his chest. A handsome man in a dark-skinned, black-haired, obviously sexual way. And he sued for libel? I mean, shouldn't any man be like, keep my name in it? (laughs) She just... She just named a fictional character after the actual man who looks like this, and then... Has the character tell one of the main characters, Constance, played by Lana Turner in the motion picture. Oh, fun fact. That she's frigid and rapes her after slapping her across the face to quiet her down. But ah. don't worry. In that, in that moment, she feels the first red gush of shamed pleasure. Ah. <laughs> and after that, she's a real woman. Oh, gosh. Okay, not loving this content. 
so I mean, there's Got there's it. a lot yeah, yeah. of fifties. There's a lot of fifties stuff in here. In paintings. okay, okay, okay. Uh, but at the same time, there is also a lot that has never been publicly addressed in fiction before. So sure. one of the really interesting things about Peyton Place is the men who underestimate women are usually punished for it. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. The That's women fun. who, the women who kind of try to look beyond family and home for something mm -hmm. else, like in the wider world or mm -hmm. more have more ambition are the heroines. Like these are the got people it. that you're rooting for. These are the people who get happy endings to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. There's also just a lot of stuff about, uh, teenage sexuality about uh, right. sexual freedom, about mm -hmm. uh, abuse, mm -hmm. about uh, incest. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the famous plot lines is based on a true story about a girl in the vicinity of Gilhampton mm -hmm. who was raped by her. So in the book, her name is Selena and she's okay. raped by her stepfather Okay. Which they changed from the original draft from her father because Kitty Mesmer oh. said, Middle America isn't ready for full on incest yet, Grace. Oh. Just make him her stepdad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. So, okay. Like just so a lot in of the topics. Book, Selena, yeah. yeah. Selena's like, uh, mm -hmm. raped by her stepfather and becomes mm -hmm. pregnant and eventually murders him and buries him in the goat pen with the help of her brother. Ooh. Okay. I can, which I can, is based on the true that. story. Got it. Okay, sure. Excellent. Yes. So the book is coming out and they send some reporters out to talk to Grace. And Grace is... Grace has no fucks to give, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, Grace is very much a Betty Friedan before the feminine mystique. Like, she is not here for your household. She is not here to uh, subsume her identity in a man's. She is not here to make you comfortable. She is not here to play by your rules. Mm -hmm. Got it. So okay. she very quickly is giving interviews and she was like, yeah, I mean, my husband's probably going to lose his job because of the book. Oh my gosh. So she just Which, straight out comes out what? with it. He did. <laughs> they immediately publish. And the next day, the entire press corps of new England descends on the town, knocking on people's doors saying, what do you think about Peyton Place? What do you think about Grace Vitalius? Oh, no. Yes. This does her no favors. <gasps> Hold on one second. I have to charge my computer. Okay. <laughs> little elevator music. I wish I had it. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. Oh, I love so, it. So the book comes out. What's very interesting is when the book comes out, the town is furious because they all think, with sometimes good reason, like Thomas Macris. Yeah. Right. Even if she yeah. wanted plausible deniability that she had not written a book about her town, she, she lost it. Right. By literally using an actual neighbor <laughs> in her book. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's no like, well, it was just close. It wasn't really you. It just sort of like, you know, is inspired by. No, that was out the window. Okay. Yeah. So there, the entire town is furious about this. Mm -hmm. And the press is like eating this up and she's sure. becoming more and more famous. Uh, it outsells Gone with the Wind. Oh my gosh. 
pretty quickly as the best-selling novel of all time. Wow. Uh, at one point, it was estimated one in 29 Americans had a copy. <gasps> wow. For the most part, small town publications or smaller publications revile it and pan it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh, interesting. Some of the larger publications, like the New York Times, gives it a, a respectable review. It is, it is Valley of the Dolls, but about small town America. So where okay. Valley of the Dolls is about Broadway okay. and Hollywood, Peyton Place is no more relatable barred. because All, you yeah, recognize yeah. these. You probably yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Interesting, and, and so it's just air in the laundry. It's banned almost immediately. People are arrested for selling copies because it's <gasps> deemed no. obscene. Wow. Uh, a library in Beverly Farms, Massachusetts posts a sign on their lawn that says, this library does not carry paid in place. If you want it, go to Salem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh, this is okay. beyond, this is beyond anything that Grace could have imagined. And her, there's a very telling line in, I think the Vanity Fair profile about her a few years ago. Mm-hmm or a, a history of Peyton Place that said the day that she, the day that she got the call that they were going to publish her book, she would never be truly poor or truly happy ever again. Mm, wow. Interesting. Because That's she's so doing true. press and she also the number of future superstars who crossed paths with her hmm. during this press junket, she was interviewed, uh, Ben Bradley is the man who exposed the real Selena story. Wow. Okay. Mike Wallace interviewed Grace Metalius for a syndicated series. Oh my gosh. And then for a very short-lived show hosted by Ben Hecht, Jackie Suzanne, author of Valley of the Dolls, was the actress doing commercial breaks. Oh, wow. How interesting. And during the interview, Grace's girdle exploded, basically. Oh my gosh. And Jackie had to help her with her ripped girdle. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hysterical. Okay. That's interesting. Wow. All right. So she really is making the rounds. So Grace is not handling success well. Her marriage to George comes to a, a juddering end. Okay. And he kind of blackmailed her into paying for her mass for into paying for his master's degree because she was having an affair with TJ the DJ. What? Who? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "I will really keep okay. your affair. I will keep your affair out of the divorce uh, filings if you pay for my master's degree." And she was like, oh "Okay, okay." Who's TJ the DJ? <laughs> He's just a Laconia DJ who liked to drink and they hit it off and they celebrated uh, Peyton Place uh, all over the Northeast. Oh uh, my gosh. He used That's to great. tell her things like, you're Grace Metallius, author of Peyton Place. You don't get a room at the plaza. You get a floor at the plaza. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Got it. So Grace <laughs> is spending money like that. I was and just going to say, has- so he's the guy who spends all the money. Got it. Check. So, but she's right there with him. Like she's spending okay. money like nobody's business. Uh, also, she sold the movie rights. Got it. Okay. Actually, she sold to producer Jerry Wald all the rights. Oh, okay. For a flat fee. Oh, Grace. 
And she did not sign the paperwork that would set up trust funds for her children. Grace. So she sells the rights. And I totally get it because you literally just got through the worst summer of your life before the book was published where it was hot. There was no money. The food, there was no food. And then the movie sale to Fox is $2.5 million in today's dollars. Wow. So that was a lot. That's a lot of money to, to, yeah. And of course the studio is not going to do you any favors by being like, Oh, or you could do it this way. Yeah. 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 So, Money has a habit of disappearing when you have not surrounded yourself with those who have your best interests at heart. Strange how that happens. Weird. Like, remember her agent? Yes. And remember how he was uh, Somerset Mom's agent? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Somerset Mom had fired him for stealing from him, and he was embezzling from Grace almost from the start of their relationship. Ay-yay-yay. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. And remember the this was after her death, which we'll get to in a second. But Peyton Place, the TV mm-hmm. series that made household names out of Ryan O'Neill and Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. that made CBS sixty-four million dollars, and Grace's estate never saw a dime because she'd signed away all the rights. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoops. So. She is also oh, no. just still Grace, and she's not putting up with bullshit, and she's not putting up with nonsense. And she's at lunch at Romanoff's, and the screenplay writer for the movie adaptation, John Michael Hayes, mm-hmm. asked Grace the same question that Mike Wallace had asked her on air. Is Peyton Place your autobiography? Oh, okay. And Grace said, can you repeat the question? And he did. <laughs> and she threw her Bloody Mary in his face. <laughs> Which okay. Is one of the few times that Grace uh, wasted a drink. Yeah. <laughs> because she liked to bend the elbow, as they say. Mm-hmm. Right. And at one point, she told a friend of hers, I think her fa- financial advisor, I look at the bottom of the glass and I see myself. Like yeah. she, at a certain point, dark. the party, it stops it's being a dark. party and it starts yeah. being just medication. Right. Right. So a lot of things happen. She's working on another book called The Tight White Collar. Okay. And it's not going well because all of a sudden she has all, there there are these expectations. Peyton Place was a book that she thought about for 30 years and then wrote over the course of years. Right. And now she's an author with a best-selling book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That very American question, what's next? Next. Mm, so she's that. really struggling with she's struggling with a book. Jerry Wald is saying, "Hey, let's do a sequel to Peyton Place. Uh, just write me uh, write me an outline, ten pages, a thousand dollars a page. Ah, do it, do it." She's like, "No, absolutely not. No, 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 no." Yeah. And then at a certain point, the no becomes, "Well, maybe." And then she ends up writing ninety pages of a sequel, Return to Peyton Place. Now, what? This is where things get very convoluted. I don't know what she thought she was writing or what they had actually agreed to. But what happened is she turns in the book. Uh, Half of it is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Half of it was written when she was drinking and is almost unintelligible. Got it. Uh, So Dell hires a ghostwriter to clean it up. So it's basically written by three different people. 
it is nowhere near as good as Peyton Place. Uh, it sells like crazy. They make a sequel out of it. Sure. And the reviews go from, hey, like this author has something to, wow, maybe this author was a one hit wonder. Right. Has actually no talent. And it was just the shock effect. Yeah. Yep. And she was like, it was supposed to be a treatment. It was never supposed to be a book. I don't know why I let this happen. And how much of that is saving face? Sure. I don't know. Sure. But it did not do her any favors. Got it. She's really struggling with writer's block. She writes, she finally finishes the tight white collar. Um, it gets respectable reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, she writes another book called uh, No, uh, No, Not Since Adam or No Eve Without Adam. Okay. I'm so sorry. I thought I had this in my no. notes, but I do not. Okay. No Adam in Eden. Ah, okay. Okay. Which apparently is just crazy misogynistic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's strange. <clears throat> okay, Grace. <clears throat> uh, very you? much. And that one is very much based on her family, which okay. she was not, she was n- not close with her mother. She wanted to be, but her mother was perhaps unsurprisingly difficult. Okay. And she still lives in Gilhampton. Like she, and she tries to, she opens a Peyton Place bed and breakfast. What? With, with her husband, with her ex-husband George, they're kind of reconciled. Then she's dating this other guy, and she signs over her assets to him, basically on her deathbed. And then oh, the estate no. has to go up against him. But Grace, which is so crazy considering the fact that Peyton Place is such a thing, yeah, she died in 1964 at 39 from cirrhosis <gasps> of the liver. Ah, oh, okay. Oh my gosh! Like with she wrote. Peyton Place, like, that early and had wow. that much success and then just was not well-served by the people in her life. And also, yeah. just having to live in that small town where you're you're really thumbing your nose and you're just yeah. telling everybody to fuck off. Yeah. And it feels so great. And then just the slow drip, drip, drip of their disdain and their disgust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just grinding you down because it's a war of attrition. Right. Right. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Ah, oh my gosh. Okay. So then, and yeah. then when does this, when does the television show come out? So the television series comes out in like 65, maybe okay, late Okay, so 64. she sees the beginning it's, of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Interesting. But oh my gosh. Isn't it okay. so... Isn't it so outrageous that to this day, the people in that town shy away from mentioning Peyton Place? Yes. yes. Also, and it, it seems like just out of spite. Like they just, I, cause it's, I mean, I guess it is their, their dirty laundry, but like not anymore. Those are all their, you know, parents or grandparents or whatever. And it's a small town. Like, yeah, they all have secrets. It, so strange because it was such a big yeah. hit and such a big hit everywhere that you'd be like, Oh yeah, sh- that was done here. Like, like I just think that you would, yes. and I'm surprised that they wouldn't claim it after such success. They're still like, oh, she was just such a pain. Oh my gosh. That's so bizarre. And it's not because it seems like though it's not because they didn't like the content. It's because they didn't like her. Like it seems oh, very, very much personal. So. 
It seems just super it's, personal. It was very personal. Yeah. Yeah. Which I get it. I don't but, think I would want anybody writing about my life either, but you know, then it's also is, one of those things where I'm like, but it, if it happened, like if it happened, it but happened. Also, I mean, most of the book was not directly based on anyone. It just happened right. that there was that very blatant example. Right, right. And then right. based the story of the girl in a neighboring town who murdered her father. Got uh, it. But for the most part, like the rest was loosely inspired by and just certainly a story about no a small one, town. Yeah. No one going up to that town to visit is going to go, oh, and of course, you're the mother whose mother's her son in a weirdly <gasps> right. sexual way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's like, uh, it's not that that town's weird. It's all towns are weird. You know, like that's the, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, oh my gosh, that's so funny. But I mean, and the most telling aspect is they don't even have a big display of Peyton Place books in the bookstore. Still. Wow. Because I'm sure they get a lot of like fan tourism. I'm sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, hilariously, I used to vacation in like next door to Laconia all the time. I had no idea. Uh, you better believe I want to go back up to New Hampshire again, poke around <gasps> Gilhampton. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But if you take if you take nothing else from this episode, I would love for you to all everyone watching and listening to actually pick up a copy of Peyton Place because there is some uh, troublesome sexual politics at play. But also when you remember it in the context of the era and watching these people take ownership and uh, become fully realized people and pursue their ambitions and their dreams, uh, it's really great. And there's a really Mm. strong feminist streak to the book that is perhaps belied by some of the dirtier passages uh, one of the most famous being when one of the teenagers is in a hot rod with a sexy boy and she's from the wrong side of the tracks and she's like feeling his, feeling his crotch up. And she says, is it, is it hard? Is it up? Is it up and real hard? And he's like, yeah, baby, yeah, it is. And she like, I want to say like punches him in the dick, but maybe not. And says, then why don't you go stick it in Allison McKenzie and jumps out of the car and runs away. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's it's a very fun read in the way of like you want to lose yourself in the winter in something fun and uh, kind of trashy. Yeah, or it's one of the quintessential beach reading books or airplane. I sure. read it on a flight to Austin, Texas, and it okay. was perfect. It was perfect. Just breeze right through it. It's nice and mm-hmm. nice and salacious. I like it. Oh my goodness, how interesting. Okay. I like it. I was also even reading it as an adult in, you know, the 21st century. Ooh. I was still stunned at like some of the stuff that's in there. You're just like, well, okay. <laughs> and I worked in porn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So you're like, wow, that's a disc. Okay, sure. That's word. So we're, yeah. nope, we're going to keep going. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. oh, no, we're still okay. Yeah. Got that it. First oh, red interesting. gush of shamed pleasure. I know. <laughs> so that is oh, this week's episode of the oh publication of Peyton Place. Uh, 
Okay, Mark. Shocking, lurid, or or tawdry? Uh, Ooh, I think... I think grace is shocking. Okay, yes. I think the book is probably lurid. The book is lurid. I think that grace's grace's success and then decline is shocking because there, there are so many... Reading the story, you're... There's so many places where you go, if someone had stepped in here, if someone had stepped in there, if Grace had like had one person in her corner that she could trust. Right. And right. there were so many, there were so many ways that she self-destructed. There were so many ways that the people in her life let her down. Yes. Um, it's just, it's, and it's the way that it played out is really a tragedy because who knows what other books she could have read. Right. And also, who knows what the right. tight white collar is like? I haven't gotten my hands on a copy. It could be right. really good. And people yeah. just kind of disdain it as like, oh. Just because she wrote. Yeah, just because she had that little like, even even probably like literature expert. Yeah. That's not a thing. <laughs> but but literary, yeah. literary minds, I think, would maybe discount it automatically because of the little hiccup, the, the sequel thing. If they don't know yeah. the story of like oh, how that came to be and said, okay, maybe that's just a draw a line through that one and go to the next one, you know? But they may yeah. not, they may not even think about that because of what happened to this one. I also think that sometimes those like sophomore novels for writers are so rushed and forced. That to your point, she spent 30 years thinking about this one. And then what? You're just going to say, okay, I need I need another one in five or less. Yeah. I think about yeah. that a lot too. And, and not just with, um, definitely with authors, because I feel like as soon as they put something out, it's the next thing. But all artists, like you do a freshman album and everyone loves it. And so then they're like, well, where's the next one? Where's the next one? <laughs> uh, if we went to write a book club, clearly, if we live in Gilhampton, New Hampshire, we'll have to read Devil in the White City. Obviously, Caden Place is absolutely banned. It's terrible. Not that. We're going to go to The Murderer. Actually, Devil in the White City is an excellent book. I do love a good book about a serial killer. I've never read it, but I want to now. (laughs) Ah, Okay. Well, it's it's a good, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I thought it was very um, entertaining. I thought it was a, he did a marvelous job telling you a story, not just list, listing off all the terrible atrocities that this guy did and Great. how he got away with it, it for so long. Yay. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, Same. Mm, mm. 